Hello, everybody. Chef Marcus Juliano here. Welcome to Chef on a Mission Radio. I am the chef and owner of Aroma Time Bistro in upstate New York, upstate New York's first certified green restaurant. We've been open since 2003. And I'm here today to talk to you about um, good living, good eating, good drinking, uh, enjoying the gourmet life. All right. So, of course, this podcast is brought to you by my restaurant, Aroma Time Bistro, located 90 miles north of New York City. Uh, farm to table cuisine. And like I said, the first certified green restaurant in upstate New York. Been here since 2003. And this is brought to you by VIP, VIPWineryVacations.com. That is my boutique travel company where I take you to my friend's vineyards, my friend's vineyards in um, Italy, Mexico, New York. We've done Spain before. We could do California. Uh, we have a lot of connections with vineyards all over some amazing wine regions. And you can travel with me and my wife, Jamie, to these amazing places. And uh, like I said, they are my friends in vineyards and uh, they were all the red carpet for us. And we could have a, an amazing VIP time. Check us out, vipwinerivacations.com for future trips uh, that are coming up. All right. With Cinco de Mayo being over and the tequila margarita craze that's always happening, it never ends, mezcals are also gaining popularity. And what are mezcals? I'm going to do this as the tequila versus mezcal 101 episode today. Uh, mezcal is another Mexican spirit. There are five distinct Mexican spirits that are made from agave nectar, sotol, uh, bacanora, resilia, tequila, and mezcal. There's five. Not many people know that. Um, they're just associated Mexico with tequila and sometimes with mezcal, but there are five indeed. And I'm going to talk about uh, mezcal. I'll touch upon a little bit upon Resilia this time, but my last post on uh, Margarita and Tequila 101's got some comments, got some questions, and people want to know. So this is a kind of a follow-up to episode, I guess, 83 uh, I think that's episode 83 where I talked about, uh, yeah, episode 83, Tequila and Margarita 101. So now this is Tequila versus Mezcal 101. All right, so let's jump on into this. So these are the most commonly asked questions about Mezcal and Tequila uh, when they reference each other. So let's go on down this list here. Uh, so first question is, is Mezcal just fancy Tequila? While tequila, while tequila could be considered mezcal, mezcal can never be considered tequila. It's true that both are made from the piña of the agave plant. The piña is the head, the agave plant. But tequila is made from the blue agave specifically. Mezcal, on the other hand, can be made from a variety of more than 11, more than 11, I think up to 30, different types of, of agave plants found across Mexico. So now, to, if you, just to recap this, mezcal, all tequila is mezcal, but all mezcal is not tequila. Why does that, you know, how does that make sense? So let me refer to this in the whiskey world. Whiskey is the overall family of spirits, right? They're brown spirits that are made from grains and or corn, right? Grain corn. So whiskey can be Irish whiskey. It can be blended scotch whiskey. It can be single malt scotch whiskey. It can be American bourbon. It can be American rye. It can be American blended whiskey. It can even be something like 
like Jack Daniels, which really doesn't have, I, it's really not, it is bourbon. It's not bourbon. It's, they can't call it bourbon something. But so you round up all these brown whiskeys that are distilled from grains and cognac is not, cognac's brown, but cognac's distilled from grapes. So cognac would not fit in, cognac or brandy fit in under whiskeys, but they are similar, but made from grapes. So grape juice, Uni Blanc grapes, specifically uh, Armagnac, the same thing. So you have all these different types of bourbons, rye, single malts, all that, and they fall under the umbrella of whiskey. Same thing with mezcal. Mezcal is the umbrella. Tequila falls under the umbrella. So all tequila is mezcal, but not all mezcal is tequila. All right. So next question, what is the difference between blue agave and agave? All right. So the main difference between blue agave and agave is that blue agave is exclusively from the blue agave plant. Agave tequiliana, scientific name. Regular agave nectar is a mixture that can be prepared from gray agave, green agave, agave, or thorny agave varieties. There are 273 species of agave in Mexico. And it's, agave is not only limited to Mexico, by the way. It can be found all, in other parts of the world. So Me um, Mexico is not unique to only having agave. They're unique to really distilling it by uh, making their whole uh, spirit, country spirits, uh, from the agave itself. So when we were traveling in... Italy a couple of years ago, pre-pandemic, we were in Apulia, and I see all these agave-like plants out there and just growing. People have them for decoration in their yards, for landscaping, and I'm looking at this, and I ask somebody, and says, this is agave? And they go, yes, and you know that. I'm like, because it looks like the stuff you make tequila out of. They're like, yeah, this is one of the species of agave. So agave has 273 species in Mexico, and there are some hybrids that are being planted. So I guess you can round it up and say maybe around 300-ish close to 300-ish different types of agaves. So tequila is made exclusively from the Blue Weber. It has to be 51% Blue Weber. If it's not 51%, um, then you have to, if it's I mean, if it's 51, if it's, if it's not 100% Blue Weber, is what I'm trying to say, it has to be labeled as a mixto. And mixto is a mixed agave. I think you can use other things to ferment it too. And that's the cheaper agave that you don't really want to consume. You want to consume the 100% Blue Weber agave. So next question. Is mezcal better than tequila? Well, not necessarily. It's up to your flavor profile, what you're looking for. It just has a reputation for being a stronger spirit is all that it has a reputation for. Many people find that the taste of mezcal is usually stronger than that of tequila, uh, but that's just a matter of your taste. Tequila and mezcal both range from 38% to 55% alcohol, ABV which is uh, 76 to 110 proof. They all range with that. So this, you might find a mezcal that is a little more stronger because of the higher alcohol or tequila. We have a tequila behind my bar that's 104 uh, proof. The other tequilas are 80-ish proof. So it just depends upon the distillery. However, people associate mezcal with being a stronger flavor because of the smoke. Tequila has a lack of smoke. Mezcal has the smoke. I'll talk about that as we go on. So does mezcal taste better than tequila is the next question. Uh, well, they have different flavors. On the most basic level, tequila tends to be smooth, sweet, whereas mezcal is often described as savory and smoky. 
The smoky quality is attributed to the underground ovens used to cook the agave. Basically, you dig this earthen pit, you throw the, you start the fire, you throw the piñas in there, the heads, uh, you cover it with dirt, you uh, put a canvas on there, you put a smokestack in the center, and you literally cook this in a primitive way for seven days up to a week. And then you extract everything. And what happens is the smoke gets in direct contact with the piñas, with the agaves. When you cook agave for tequila, you can either steam it, you can diffuse it, which is not a good thing. Diffuser tequila is not good. You want to stay away from diffuser tequila. But you can steam it in a clav, which looks like a jet engine. You close the door and you steam it for two days. Or you put it into a standard brick oven that's wood-fired. But the smoke never touches the agave heads, the piñas. So there's no smoke infiltration. Unlike mezcal, where it's in direct smoke contact, which is how you get smoky mezcal. All right? So... Um, that's the difference. So why is there a worm or where did the worm go? Or what was the significance of the worm in Mezcal to begin with? This is a great question. So as a kid going to some high school parties where you shouldn't have been drinking, but there was alcohol there and you'd pass a bottle of Mezcal around. We thought it was tequila at the time. Uh, we call it tequila. And, um, you go get the tequila with the worm is what people said. And the worm, the worm is there because it was a marketing ploy. It was something total the marketing. In the 1950s, uh, there was one particular Mezcal producer. Uh, larvae began appearing in the Mezcal bottles, uh, in the, in the uh, discovered the larvae in the batch of his liquor, and he thought uh, it improved the taste. So he started adding worms to his bottles as a marketing strategy. And, you know, people would say, oh, you know, that, that's the same worm that eats, you know, peyote or whatever, and you can trip out on it. I don't know how true that stuff is, but I know people would fight to get to the worm. I want the worm. I want the worm. Or they would want to share the worm. So as a result, worms, uh, the larvae, the worms in this part of Mexico sometimes can be sensitive as far as the population count. Some producers are trying to reintroduce these back into the wild because it's a part of the environment the ecosystem there that helps them um, you know just do their thing and be sustainable when you remove something from the environment you do harm and you put things out of balance so they're trying to actually reintroduce these and make these more predominant down there so um, is mezcal sweeter than tequila well you know tequila has that little sweetness to it uh, but mezcal is traditionally uh has a unique smoky flavor uh and you can distinguish it very easily from tequila uh, mezcal can be a little sweet too. Uh, it's definitely richer than tequila because that smoke is richer on your palate. Uh, some mezcal uh, producers are always are now trying to make it less smoky and more like tequila. In fact, one producer that we stock here, uh, the Indecent Old Man, they do a smokeless uh, mezcal. They take the same cactus types which, and then they steam it just like agave, they would an agave for tequila. So you have a very similar cook method, if not identical cook method. And from there, you can actually taste the difference of those agaves versus the Blue Weber agave. And it's pretty, pretty distinguishable, very distinguishable. So it's a really unique thing to do. But of course, with all that smoke covering these, it's hard to distinguish the true flavor of the agave without adding all, without all that, with all the smoke in there. So are all mezcal smoky is the next question. Well, if you do Google this on the internet, they say, yes, they are. 
And I just told you about something that is non-smoked and steamed. And the reason why this company is doing it is they want to do their part with being green. And if you're ever in Mexico, in certain parts of Mexico, it's deserty and there's not much forest going on. So they're trying to do their part and save forestry resources by not using wood. So that's their part of being green. And it's a very interesting take on the mezcal. I think it works. I think it's great. I think it's a great start for people that are trying to say, well, I want to take mes. I want to drink mezcal. I want to, I love to give, I want to do mezcal, but the smoke is too much for me. And again, levels of smoke in all the different brands can vary drastically. And in this particular brand, uh, they are non-existent. So um, what do you call an agave farmer? So really, they're not really called a farm. They're not a farmer. They're the ones who are out there harvesting the agave. Those are called hemidors. It's a type of farmer who harvests agave plants, which are primarily used for production of mezcal, sotol, tequila, bacanora, et cetera, So uh, a hemidor, this is very tough work, by the way. This is something that you're out in the sun. You're carrying these, uh, these big shovel-type bladed ends, and you have to cut the... the Tequila down, then you have to sit there and shave off all the leaves. It's not easy. And then these things are heavy, you know, 40, 50, 60 pounds, these, these heads of pinas so you then have to throw in the truck to go cook. So it's not an easy job at all. So next question, what is the difference between tequila and resilia? Resilia is what I've talked about uh, or talking about more and more. It's something that's coming up more on the horizon. More and more distributors here in New York are more and more. I mean, there's literally like three, four distributors in New York that have it. Uh, in 2009, this was impossible because Racelia was not legally produced until 2009, so it could have never been here. So, but now it's starting to gain a little momentum, a little traction, and people are getting curious about this. So, Racelia is produced in the exact same state in Jalisco that tequila is from. It's the exact same region. It, they use two different agaves to do it. It tends to be sweeter and fruitier than most other um, tequilas or mezcals, tequilas. So the reason why it wasn't legally produced it was sort of Mexico's version of, of their um, uh, moonshine. They didn't want to pay taxes. So you have to pay taxes, I guess, in Mexico on the tequilas and the agave spirits. But if it, you make it from the roots, it's not taxable. If you make it from the head of the plant, the piña, it's taxable. So Resilia, I believe, is translated to mean little roots, and they would you know, make this and sell this. And uh, it was one of the things, well, we don't pay taxes because it's from the root of the plant. I don't think it is from the root of the plant. It is from the head of the plant. However, the officials fell for that. And thus, you know, you had this being made under the radar, not paying taxes, not coming to the U.S., things like that. 2009, they officially classified Racelia, and now it's a product here in New York. So New York, when I was looking last week, there was only like, I don't know, five, six different brands of this in New York State. New York State is the number one, New York State and California, probably the number one wine and spirit markets in the country. Every distributor or every producer wants to be in New York or they want to be in California, right? Because that's where things are happening. So uh, for a state our size and has 25,000 wines and listed to only have six or seven Resilia, as you can see how small this is. And hundreds and hundreds of tequilas are listed in New York for sale. So um, that's the difference of Resilia and tequila. So now the last two questions, where is Mezcal made and where is uh, tequila made? 
So is all tequila from Mexico? Because again, whiskey can be from anywhere, right? You can make whiskey in Scotland, Ireland. You can make whiskey in um, Japan. You can make whiskey in Italy. As long as it's made from grains and it's distilled, you got whiskey. If it's in the U.S., you can make bourbon whiskey. Or you can make rye whiskey, right? You can make Canadian whiskey. So now it's all tequila from Mexico. So tequila is only produced inside the state of Jalisco inside. So not maybe not even all the state, but inside the state of Jalisco and a couple of certain municipalities, any agave based spirit outside of those regions is called mezcal. Other subtypes of mezcal, you know, might know are Bacanora, Sotol and Resilia. All right. So, and again, tequila is mezcal. All mezcal is not tequila. Remember that from the very first of this. So, Jalisco, the only state. Now, Mezcal. While it's true that tequila can only be made in Jalisco, Mezcal can be made legal, legally in nine Mexican states. Although the majority of it comes from Oaxaca, uh, and Oaxaca is known for Mezcal, but there's nine states that can legally make um, Mezcal. So... Uh, and up to 30 types of agaves, so, you know, 11, 10 to 30 types of agaves. Uh, and tequila, on the other hand, can only use blue Weber agave, it has to be 51% blue Weber agave to 100% blue Weber agave. So that is a rundown, folks, on mezcal versus tequila. Now, there are so many Mexican restaurants out there, so many Mexican restaurants. When you walk in, it's like one right after another, one restaurant after another restaurant has the same exact tequilas. And it's frustrating for me as a consumer that wants to try something interesting, new, fun, exciting, uh, teach me a lesson, show me something I don't know. There's not much that I can do, walk into most, most Mexican places. It's all the same tequilas from the big distributors and all the big brands. Believe me, I'm not going to get excited about Patron or Don Julio or any of those. I'm not going to get excited about them. I'm going to get excited about a small family-run operation that maybe have a new tequila out on the market or or, you know, it's really high quality, traditionally made, which is oven roasted versus the clav versus the diffuser, which is the worst way to do it. Uh, hydrochloric acids dropped on this agave to um, to drop out all the nectar out of it. It's really not a good process. And a lot of the big brands have resorted to that because it's higher production. I want to walk into a place where, you know, I walk out and I've learned something, right? I'm like, oh, wow, that's really cool. I didn't know, you know, so... When you walk into a Mexican place, I look in the, on the bar and I'm always like, give me satols. And if they've taken the time to source a satol, then I know they've taken the time to source stuff behind the bar. And chances are they're going to put a little more effort in it than just buying all the big brands. I mean, literally, you can walk into a Mexican restaurant, look at the shelves, walk into a big liquor store and say, I just saw all those liquor store brands in that restaurant. And then go to another restaurant and repeat the whole process again. Uh, there's again, so over 2,000 different types of tequila, different names of tequila brands. Not all those get imported into the United States, so be be careful of that. There's not that many out. There's not all those in the U.S. However, there's a lot in the U.S. and New York has probably a couple hundred, you know, 300, 400 brands of tequila that somebody can buy. So you can walk into a restaurant that has 25 big brands and that's it. It's not exciting. Walking to the next restaurant, seeing the same exact thing, it's not exciting. I want to walk into a place and say, oh, my gosh, we just got this great new mezcal. It's not smoky. It is smoky. We just got this great new tequila from this family operation. Um, here's the reposado. That's what I kind of experience. I want. And it's the kind of experience we provide 
from aroma time is, you know, you walk in and you'd have probably had, you've probably been eating Mexican your whole life, right? For decades. And you had no idea that Mexico had five spirits. I mean, we have all five of them here at the bar, right? You had no idea that there was choices beyond tequila or choices beyond mezcal. You had no choice. You know, you didn't know the choices of, of all these great vodkas from the New York state or whatever it is. That's the type of experience that we want to provide at the restaurant. And so that's kind of what I expect when I walk into a place. I want a little bit of thought and I want to be unique. So um, that is it, folks. Thanks for tuning in to Chef on a Mission Radio. Really, really appreciate the support. Again, if you're 90 miles up from New York City in the area in Ulster County and Ellenville, Aroma Time Bistro, T-H-Y-M-E Bistro.com. Check us out there. You can link over to VIP Winer Vacations. Check out the next tour we're on, trip, and join us um, in wine country visiting my friend's wineries. Have a great day, everybody.